shouting like a madman, looked like Mr. Clean. The next thing he said was, Slime in the ice machine. I said, Slime in the ice machine. He said, Slime in the ice machine. He said, Filthy utensils and roaches on the floor, small food in the freezer, mouse droppings by the door, and Slime in the ice machine. Hey there, everybody. It is April 23rd, 2021, and this week, the H, the H just stands for hell, because I am doing one of the most depressing things a sports fan can do, and that is I'm tracking the remaining remaining games in the Houston Rockets schedule versus that of the uh, the T-Wolves to see who is really, uh, has a more realistic shot of getting that first round draft pick. Or, well, you know, the the increased chances in the lottery to get the first round draft pick. Now, at this point, uh, well, before we talk about the Rockets, just wanted to say the Astros finally broke their losing streak. Uh, had a solid win last night against the Angels, 8-2. to two. Uh, It was on YouTube, which I think is pretty neat. But, uh, uh, and then the Rock, or excuse me, the Texans, uh, more Deshaun Watson stuff, but I'm tired of talking about that. So we're going to talk more about that next week. And then there's also the Texans' uh, abysmal NFL draft prospects, which, again, we'll talk about next week or the week after. But this week, I really wanted to just focus on the Rockets in the remaining about month of the season that we have. Now, at this point, the Rockets are eliminated from playoff contention. Or, I mean, good God, they have to be. Um, and so are the T-Wolves. And... It really comes down to the the Timberwolves, the Rockets, and the Pistons. I, I left the Pistons out of this because they are just ahead enough that I don't think it's realistic uh, that they're going to sink below Minnesota or Houston. I mean, knock on wood, that could happen. Uh, but that's why I excluded them. At the time that I'm recording this, it is uh, there's 13 games left for the Rockets, and there's 12 games left for the T-Wolves. The Rockets are 15-44. And the T-Wolves are 16-44. and 44. So just by a nose hair, the Rockets are technically in last place. Now, if you look through the remaining... Uh, if you look through the, the games and the, re- uh, the remainder of the schedule, I'm going to go through it first as if... And then again, this is very unscientific. I'm just going off of pretty much smell test, looking at uh, who the opponents are based on just how each team is doing this season. Um, I'm not a bit fucking Billy Bean here, so yeah, this isn't like cyber cyber metrics or whatever. But what I did was I first went through the schedules as if they were just playing uh, any given time of the season. Now, whenever you get to the end of the season, though, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, playing the first round, or excuse me, playing the, the, the number one seed in your conference, if you're if it's like the second to last game of the season, that's not a guaranteed loss because they might be pulling all their starters. So anyway, the first time I went through it, I was just acting like uh, it's the middle of the season. And then I go through it again with kind of a more realistic outlook on it. Now, the Rockets, I mean, they have a murderer's row of of teams between now and then literally all uh 13 of the 12 games with the exception of the t-wolves which we'll talk about that are with playoff contenders as of right now uh and i don't even think let's see yeah with the exception of maybe the where were the blazers at hold on yeah i mean the the remainder of the rocket season is pretty much cemented in teams that have already 
secured a playoff spot. So it's it, it's not an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. So tonight they're playing the Clippers. I'm going to chop. That's a loss. Uh, I'm not including the dates on any of these because that's just too much numbers. Uh, then they have the Nuggets. That's a loss. Now, April 27th, they're playing the Timberwolves. So that's kind of a question mark because I know the league doesn't allow you to outwardly tank. You have to put some kind of effort in. But that's definitely an awkward spot because kind of a uh, some foreshadowing. It actually, a lot of it might come down to this game where they actually go head-to-head. Uh, right now, I'm actually going to chalk that up to uh, a win because the Rockets, uh, well, it's, it's Houston sports in 2021, so they'll win all the games they're not supposed to win. But anyway, uh, then the Bucks, that's a loss. Knicks, um, that's a loss. 76ers, Bucks again, those are both going to be losses. Uh, the Jazz and the Blazers, those are losses. Lakers, Clippers, and Hawks, I would say those are all losses. So uh, assuming that they were playing uh, their their all their starters and it was just kind of, you know, like a February game, the Rockets are realistically looking at ending the season going 1-12 with the only victory being against the aforementioned Timberwolves. Now the T-Wolves themselves, they've only got 12 games. So they're, they've got a doubleheader with the Jazz this weekend. Those are probably both losses. Then they have on the 27th the Rockets, which I'm sure there's some T-Wolf fan out there that's saying the same thing. Oh, they're probably going to win that game. So let's hope. Let's hope that they're right. Uh, Golden State and the Pelicans. Actually, those are games that uh, I think the T-Wolves could win just because the Warriors and the Pelicans have been a real middle-of-the-road the team this season. Uh, then you've got the Grizzly and the Heat. I think those would be losses. Magic and the Pistons. Those could realistically be wins because the Magic haven't been hot, and the Pistons are literally... If the, if the Pistons had lost a couple more games, I'd probably be breaking that down as well. Uh, and then they end the season with the Nuggets, the Celtics, and the Mavericks, which I put down as losses for all three. Now, again... That is assuming there is nothing coming into play with the playoffs or the play-in games or what you know what have you. Actually, despite being completely uh, separated from it, the Rockets and the T-Wolves do not really have a realistic path to the play-in game. Uh, they're benefiting very much from it because now we have teams that normally wouldn't even be in playoff contention, you know, your 11th seed at this point, uh, that have, like, something to fight for because if they get in that 10th slot, they get into the play-in tournament. So that is very advantageous to the the Houston Rockets, but also to the T-Wolves because you're having teams uh, that are not going to give up. Now, anyway, let's go through that again with how I realistically think this could go. So back to the uh, to the Rockets. Now you have the Clippers and the in the in the Nuggets. I still think those are going to be losses just because it's too far separated from the end of the season. The T Wolves. I'm I'm actually going to stay by my my gut feeling that we're going to win that game. Uh, the Bucks. I think that's a loss. Now here's the the Knicks. I think they could beat the Knicks because just. It just seems like nobody's convinced that the Knicks are going to be legitimate, I guess, because they're the Knicks. But I'm going to put that as a win. Uh, we've got the 76ers. Still think that's going to be a loss. Um, 
and did you see Joel Embiid's like literally full court shot putting of the ball to try and tie it and it literally like went in and bounced out I mean would that have been one of the greatest shots ever I mean the game itself I don't think was really of any actual consequence but uh and it was just to tie so they still have to win in overtime but that would have been pretty cool anyway where was I the Bucks. Okay, so now we're starting to get into the end of the season. Now the Bucks, I still think is going to be a loss, but the Jazz, I think by that point, the Jazz are currently on the top of the conference. I think that could be a win. I think by that point, you might see the Jazz start pulling their their starters and what have you. Uh, then it's the Blazers and the Lakers, which right now do not have cemented positions, uh, at least in the playoffs themselves. They're still kind of on the bubble, uh, and they don't want to, you know, these teams are, these fifth and sixth seeds are going to be, like, fighting tooth and nail to stay out of that 7-8 slot because, you know, who wants to play more elimination games than you have to? But anyway, I think the Jazz could be a victory for the Rockets. Uh, The Blazers and the Lakers, I think, think they're still going to lose because those are going to be teams that are still fighting to stay out of the play-in tournament. Uh, the Clippers, I think that could be a win because the Clippers are going to be uh, secured enough. And then, or yeah, yeah, excuse me, the I think the Clippers are going to be secure enough in their position that they might not even play their, be playing their starters by that point. It's the second to last game of the season. And then the Hawks, which I still think will be a loss because I think the Hawks are uh, they're going to be on that bubble. Now, again, that is completely subject to change because one of these teams could completely tank or have, go on a hot streak and completely change up all the standings, but that's just how it is as of right now, April 23rd, which would give them a 4-7 and seven record for the remaining stretch of the season and ultimately put them at 19-51. and 50, 51. Now, if you look at the Timberwolves, uh, they have their doubleheader with the Jazz. Those are still going to be losses. The Rockets, um, I think they're going to lose just because uh, I just don't have much faith in the Rockets right now. Then uh, Golden State and the Pelicans. Uh, I think Golden State is still going to be a win. The Pelicans, I think, by that point, the Pelicans might be fighting tooth and nail to get into the uh, playoff contention, so that that's going to be a loss. The Grizzly and the Heat, I, th- I still think those are going to be losses. So now then you're starting to get into kind of the really end of the season. Uh, the Magic, I think they're going to like. I think they can beat the Magic. I just think uh, that could be a favorable matchup. Uh, the Pistons, uh, I do think they're going to lose to the Pistons because I think it's going to be like a triangle of failure here. And again, this is not scientific. Uh, the Nuggets, I think they're going to win because I think at that point the Nuggets are going to be cemented. And then their last two games, unfortunately for the Rockets, are against the Celtics and the Mavs, which are still going to be jockeying for that position. So let's see here. So that puts the T-Wolves ultimately their final run at a 3-9. and nine. which could put them at 19 and 53. So how does that work when it's the same amount of wins? Because my projections have the Rockets being 1953 and the um, T-Wolves being 19 
or I'm sorry, the Rockets being 1951 and the T-Wolves being 1953. Um, I guess, I guess it's, yeah, it's based on the percentage. So that would go to the Rockets. I'm doing the math as I'm, as I'm recording this. So it would, it would still come down to an absolute uh, nose hair, but actually now that I do this, I, I was hoping to have a more concrete feeling of it because I thought that the, the Rockets had a much harder schedule and that would work to our advantage, but it looks like it's still going to be really close. So anyway, I might reevaluate this in a couple weeks and come back and, and see. Maybe I'll even save this. and I'll, I'm curious. I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this and I'm going to come see how, uh, how, how good my predictions were. And knowing how things are going, the the Pistons might even fucking come crashing in here. And so, so there we go. That is my very unscientific approach to try to figure out just how bad are the Rockets going to fail. And ultimately, this is kind of a moot point because these teams are going to end up in the lottery anyway. And, uh, you know, the Rockets had that, the, the year we got Yao Ming, I think we were the team that gets like, one name in the hat and we got the first round pick so i'm feeling karma coming up and i'm feeling we're gonna get butt fucked and we do actually have some uh, uh, a pretty good amount of picks this season and actually a lot of picks going forward um i'm kind of confused at the draft swap stuff uh i i get the concept but it just kind of makes my my head hurt because you're having to look and it's like they have this pick if these 14 things happen. So anyway, uh, it's not like the Texans. They actually do have picks. It's more just kind of where exactly on the hierarchy are they going to be. And as we get closer to the draft itself, I might even ask one of the Speaking for Sports guys uh, do a little guest spot with me, and, and we can talk about some of these draft picks, or excuse me, these draft prospects. Because like I've said uh, last week, I don't really watch college ball. So a lot of times the draft's not super eventful for me. And also, I another reason I realized that I haven't watched the draft, I didn't know that the Rockets haven't even made a first-round draft pick since like 2015. So that explains why I don't pay attention to the, the draft very much. But anyway, let's see. What else do we have to plug? I was actually speaking of speaking for, speaking of speaking for sport. I was on their episode this uh, past week. The uh, obligatory Edward episode, what started literally as a joke on this thing, I actually went on to to uh, be on their episode where they talk about uh, the use of the N-word like in sports, specifically with Kyrie Irving and Dennis Schrouder. Ended up being a really fun time. Uh, and then I'm going to plug No Redeeming Qualities. Uh, we have another sports-related uh, episode. We actually don't normally have this much uh, sp- this many sports guests but uh, it's just kind of the way it, it lined up. We have, his name is Jesse Cole, and he owns a baseball team. It's an actual, real, professional baseball team. Like It's like single A, or college semi-pro, something like that, uh, called the Savannah Bananas out of Savannah, Georgia. And in addition to just being this, you know, like college summer league or what have you, it's the Coastal Plain League, uh, he does... Uh, it's kind of like the Harlem Globetrotters. Like he has his first and third base coaches like break dancing, and the umpire does the splits, and there's all kinds of other goofy shit. And then he even invented his own version of baseball called Banana Ball, which is purely just for entertainment. It's like a Harlem Globe Globetrotters kind of show. Uh, 
like if you catch a foul ball, like if a fan catches the foul ball, the player's out. Like it's got all kinds of goofy rules. Anyway, that is episode 190 of the No Reading Qualities podcast. That's going to come out. Uh, that's going to come out April 27th. Uh, he is a he is a fascinating guy. I find him just absolutely inter- incredibly interesting because like who buys a baseball team and turns it into that? He also wears nothing but yellow tuxedos with yellow hats. Interesting guy. So anyway, yeah, the H is for hell. Like I said, I'm terrible at editing these. Like what you heard? Check out more at nrqpodcast.com.